And I want to I jump into the Word of God this morning, and I'm going to do it as fast as I can because I know that you have to beat the Methodist and the Baptist to lunch, and I'm the only thing holding you. I'm the only thing between you, okay? So I'm going to do my best. Listen, I, I preach faster when every once in a while you like clap a hand or you say amen. So if you're hungry, you can put your hand together every once in a while. It just makes me speed up, and you'd be like, woo, we're going to go eat. Y'all fired up for Jesus today. I love it. Or maybe it's lunch. I don't know. We'll see. But I understand that you're in a series called Camped Out, and you're learning um, some lessons in the wilderness. And in an effort to, to not kind of re-preach what Pastor Justin has already talked about the first two weeks and where he's going with it, I, we're definitely going to stay in the same flow for sure, but we're going to kind of take a little bit of, of a detour, if you will. And I want to I want to share with you and kind of help us today uh, as we navigate the wilderness seasons of your life. And if you've never, if you've never been there, let me just let me encourage you. I've come to encourage you today. You will be there. <laughs> there will be a wilderness season uh, in your life. But but more specifically, I think this would be my goal today is to to help you gain ground in the wilderness seasons of life. That even in the middle of adversity and frustration, when, when things don't seem like they're going the way that you want them, that you can still move life forward, that you can still move towards the plans and the purposes that God has for you. Because here, here's, here's what I mean by kind of wilderness seasons, if you will. It's those, those moments in life when you feel God calling you to something, to do something when you know the plans that he has for you, but, but as soon, like you take one step forward and something hits you and it knocks you two steps back. Like the things that he wants you to do in life, you know what they are, you have a good sense of that, but they just always seem to be out of reach. You can't, you can't ever quite get there. And I don't know about you, but I have plenty of those seasons in my life. And so um, something that I've been thinking about lately is this idea of not, I don't want to live my life um, in a retreat posture, like always just backpedal. I don't want, I don't want like at the end of my days for people to say like when they remember me, like, man, that guy, he faced so many challenges in life and every time they came, he ran away and he was so talented at running from the adversity that life brought him. Like he, he had a special gift for running away when life got difficult and not dealing with them properly. And I, I gotta tell you today, Velocity, that I just, I just have enough faith to believe that even even if you feel like your marriage is in a wilderness season, that you can begin to gain some ground and you can still move forward in the right direction. That even in a, a wilderness season, your children can continue to gain ground. That you can, you can gain ground even in the workplace. You can gain ground in a wilderness season in your spiritual life. I'm tired. If I'm honest, I, I'm tired of living my life backpedaling. And I want to move in the direction to the plans and the purposes of God. And so maybe you're in the room today. Maybe you're watching online and, and you feel like you've spent far too long in a wilderness season giving ground. I think today we're going to learn how to start taking some ground. We're going to start moving in the direction that God has in store for us. And to do that, I want to paint a picture for you through a few characters of the Word of God. And 1 Samuel chapter 22 
You, if you're familiar with church, if you've been around church, you'll, you'll know this story and you'll, you'll understand this character, um, gives us some insight into the life of David, who has been on the run because King Saul has been trying, no big deal, to murder him. Just, just another day in the life, right? But, but David was anointed king in his early teenage years, but the problem was there was already a king in place, and so you can, you can see the issues that might arise from this. And his name was Saul. Years and years would go by before David would ever see. See, he knows. He knows these seasons of life where he knows what he feels like he's called to and the plans and the purposes. But years would go by, not days, not just one night, but years would go by before he would ever see this come to fruition in his life. And throughout the course of his life, you know the story, he would kill a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Like, I'm, if, if a bear walks out and I have a gun, I'm scared, right? Like, but not, not dead. He's just like, yeah, oh. bear. Here we go. Like, this is, this is the kind of guy that he, I don't care if you're the manliest man in this room, like, your beard is down to here, or, you know, like, just raw. That was not a very, like, powerful raw. I'm sorry. That was, that was pretty weak. I don't think a bear would be intimidated by my raw. But this is like, this is the kind of life that he lived, but he knew what it was to be in these seasons of life that you and I experience as well. So, so he was the hunter. He would hunt and he would, he would be on the attack, but now he is the hunted and he's being tracked and he's, he's trying um, to, to keep from being murdered by, by Saul. Again, this was not a one-night situation in his life. This was, this was years in the making, feeling like what God is calling him to was just out of reach. He knows it. He has the information. He has the knowledge. But it actually coming to pass in his life was just out of reach. And you know what happens one day? David finds himself camped out in a cave. And he's not alone. The Bible tells us that he had 400 people with him. And the crazy part about it is these people had issues too, y'all. They, they didn't have it all together. They weren't like, okay, yes, here we go today, King James Version of the Bible. No, they had major problems. They weren't these perfect people that their lives were just all in a box just with a beautiful bow on top. No, the Bible says that these people that were with him, they were discontented, distressed, and in debt, or a combination of all the three. I don't know about you, but I've been in those seasons where it's not just been one, it's been all three. Where I got more bills than I got money to pay at the end of the month. That there's seasons of life when I'm anxious for everything. I lay awake worrying about what's going to happen. Why are my children crazy? Why is my wife so crazy? She's not here, so I can say that. Hope she's not watching online. And I'm just, there's no joy. I'm frustrated. These were, these were the people that were with him. Just a wonderful combination of people just got it all together. No. Oh, they knew what it was to have these seasons of life when, when things weren't going the way that they wanted them to go. And it's from this group that 30 individuals would emerge to create this mighty militant group that 2 Samuel 23 would call David's mighty men, his mightiest of warriors, if you will. 
And it's amazing. It is amazing from people who, who had some major debt, people who were worried about everything, and they were frustrated about everything, just a, or a combination. They would go on to do some of the most unbelievable things. Like when I read these to you in just a minute, you got to put yourself in that situation. And when you do, you're going to freak out thinking, ooh, they really did this. Like if you think the Bible is boring, let me tell you why you think it's boring. This is what I tell our church. It's because you don't read it. There are some amazing stories in the Word of God, and I want to I illustrate that to you today as we learn how to gain ground even in the middle of the wilderness. And the first person I want to introduce to you today that's going to help us um, in this is a character by the name of Shammah. He was one of David's mighty men. 2 Samuel chapter 23 would read like this, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop, where was a piece of ground, so just a piece, a small piece of land full of lentils or beans for all intents and purposes. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he, but Shammah, this is powerful, he stood in the middle of the ground and defended it. It was a bean field. But Shammah stood and defended it, and he slew the Philistines, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Shammah stood on a hill of beans and defended it, and God brought a victory. And I kind of feel like this is a word picture for the people of God over the last couple of years and for the church in general, that we have stood in the midst of the ground and we have defended it. I almost picture like a a boxing match and the natural ebbs and flows of a boxing match where even the greatest of boxers will, will have moments or seasons within the fight where the, his opponent, will, will, he will have to defend himself from the, the jabs and the uppercuts. It may not last the whole round, but there's these, these seasons of the match where his opponent seems to be getting the better of him and he's in, he's in retreat, but he's standing his ground. He, he's got his hands up so his head doesn't get hurt. He's just in a posture of, of defending himself and he has to do it to wear the, the enemy out so that he can later go on the attack. And I think there's some amazing things can happen fighting for what you, what you have. And I think if you want to gain ground, even in a wilderness season, here's the first thing I want to share with you today, is that you have to learn how to stand strong. If you want to gain ground in the middle of a wilderness season, the first thing that we have to understand is I'm going to stand strong for whatever it is that God has called me to. Even in this season, it seems like it's out of reach and I can't get there. I'm going to choose to plant my feet and say whatever it is that's been coming against me in my life, I'm not going backwards any longer. You've pushed me, you, you've got in my mind, you've got in my heart, you've got into my friends and they've been telling me stuff and I've been backpedaling, backpedaling, but no longer today I'm gonna stand on the things that you have given me. I'm gonna plant my feet and I'm not going back any further. I'm gonna defend whatever it is that you've given me. 
But Pastor Brad, it's not much. God, I don't know everything that he wants me. To. It doesn't matter what it is. Shama had a bean field and he stood for it and fought for what God has given him. And he said, you know what? If it's what God has given me, there is no Philistine that's going to run me off of the plans and the promises that God has given me in my life. And so if you want to start moving forward and gaining ground, the first thing that you've got to do is plant your feet and say, I'm not going backwards any longer. So we're going to stand strong in the face of adversity. The second thing that I want to share with you today as we move quickly through this, the second person that I want you to, to be introduced to is a character who was also camped out with David in the cave during this wilderness season. And it's, it's a man by the name of Eleazar. I love this. This is, this is pretty powerful. And th- here, listen, if you are with child or thinking about having a, having a child and you're trying to figure out a name, I want you to listen closely. I have got the perfect name for that sweet baby that you're about to bring into the world. Watch this. And after him was Eleazar. Here it is, the son of Dodo. Why don't you try that one and see, see, how, see how that one goes. The Ahoite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And this is like a recurring theme here. And the men of Israel had retreated. They just keep retreating. When things get difficult in the face of adversity, they keep retreating. But not Eleazar. What did he do? He arose and attacked the Philistines. This is so powerful, y'all, until he was he was weary. He was so exhausted. He had fought so long and so hard that his hand literally was stuck to the sword. Can you imagine that? Like, have you held on to something? You like clenched your fist for so long that like it's hard to, to open ever? Like my kids want me to do that with random. Dad, try this trick. This is so crazy. They think it's a magic trick. I'm like, bro, it's just how your body was created. Like it just happens that way. But this is what he was doing. He had fought for so long and so hard that his hand was literally stuck to the sword. And whoa, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And here's what, here's what we learn from the story of Eleazar. And this is what I want you to understand. If you want to gain ground, the second thing that I think we have to do as a church and as a community of believers in the middle of a wilderness season, if you want to gain ground, you have to hold on to the sword. You got to hold on to the sword with everything that you have. And I'm not talking about a physical weapon of a sword, but I'm talking about uh, not, not the sword that's found in a sheath, but the sword that is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which represents the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and 12 would say this, for the word of God is alive and it's active. This is not for for people 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 100 years ago, this word is for you and it's for you and it's for you and it's for your children and for their children and, and your grandchildren. This is the word of God is alive and it's for you. And here's what, listen, this is not, this is not prophetic, but here is, this is common sense. There's people in the room today, people watching online, that you are in the battle of your life right now. You are facing something in this season that you never saw coming, that you didn't even, you thought, oh, that's going to be somebody else. It's never going to be my family. But today you're walking through it. And I have, to, I have to tell you this, you will never win the battle if you lay down your sword and give up. The way that you win the battle is to hold on to the weapon that God has given you and use it as much as you can with everything that you have. You've got to hold on to the sword. I know you're tired. 
I know it's exhausting. I know you're tired of fighting the battle that you just can't seem to get there. But I'm telling you, you will never win the battle if you lay down the sword and say, you know what? I'm going to choose not to walk out the principles that are in this word. I'm going to do it my way, my way. I'm telling you, you will find your, the season will be extended. The season will get longer if you let go of the sword. It's amazing how it works. I wonder what would happen in this community. I wonder what would happen in your family if like Eleazar, the sword, the word of God was so attached to your body (laughs) that even when you didn't want to live out the principles that were in here, you you tried to lay it down, but there was something in you. It It has just become a part of who you are because you fought so hard and so long and you've lived so long by the principles that when you were tired of fighting and you, everybody looked and said, bro, you got to lay it down. This ain't working. And you said, listen, it's so a part of who I am. It's not just a book that it, that's out there. It is who I am and I live out these principles. I wonder what that would look like. I wonder what your kids' schools would look like. I wonder what your workplace would look like if our lives were so attached to the word of God that even when we didn't want to fight any longer that the sword was stuck to us. Because it was who we are, it was a part of us. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Talk about gaining ground in the middle of the wilderness. You gotta hold on to the sword. The third character that I wanna share with you today as we close our time out together, who's camped out with David in this wilderness season that lasted seemingly forever in David's life. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. A man by the name of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. And this, y'all, this is like a bypass sentence in the Bible. And I love this so much. This is so powerful. And it just says, and he also, he also, eh, no big deal. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Eh. What'd you do today? Eh, I went to, went to Starbucks, bro. It was a good day, you know. Just started the day off right. Um, ordered the usual venti cold brew with four pumps, vanilla, salted cream foam, and extra caramel drizzles. Just a typical Monday in my world. <laughs> What'd you do? Well, you know, I looked outside when I woke up, and it was snowing. And I thought, since it's snowing, this is the perfect day. I was going to go to Starbucks. But instead, I just brewed some at the house, and I also went into a pit on the snowy day. You know, it's, it's snowing another day. <laughs> and there was a lion down there, and I cornered the lion, and I killed the lion, bro. No big deal. Like, really? Who does this? Killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. This is, this is I told you, your Bible, the sword is full of amazing amazing, life-giving content. I don't really know why he did it. Maybe he didn't like cats. Maybe that's the reason he did this. I don't, I don't have a clue why, why he did this. Um, but he, he really, the odds weren't in his favor. Lions are fast. They can run up to 35 miles an hour. They can leap up to 30 feet in, in a single bound. It's snowing, so he didn't have his, his footing. Like, if I'm going to fight a lion, the one thing I want to make sure I have is the proper footing. Listen, if I'm going to face a lion, let's at least make it be a sunny day outside when I can just plant my feet and say, all right, let's go. Yet he leaps into a pit and he corners a lion. And again, I don't really care why he did it, but I do have some questions. 
Like, I, I do have one major question as he approached the pit to slay the lion. Like, I, I picture a pit over here, and Benaiah is just kind of walking, and he's, yeah. Oh, there's a roar. Oh, there's a pit. There's a lion in, this is, wow. And, but once you know that and you decide you're going to kill the lion, that you're going to step into everything that God is calling you to do, this is finally going to be your time where you're just going to do it. Let's go. I'm finally going to reach out and grab a hold of everything that God has in store for me. This is my time. And he's talking to himself right now. He's, he's backed up away from the pit. He's like, here we go. We're going to go. Yeah, I probably did 10 push-ups to, you know, make sure he's nice and strong, bulked up for the moment. There's the pit. Let's go. Okay, you can do this. You can do this. And the closer he gets to the pit, here's what I do. I don't know about you. A lot of times in these wilderness seasons, the pit's there, and I get right here, and I'm ready to go, and then something stops me. I oh, there's a lion. It's right there. We get to the edge of what God is calling us to, the plans and the purposes, this breakthrough season in our life, and we stop at the pit. And I've tried to figure out what it was, and and I think I finally landed on why this is in our life. And, And here's what it is. It's the closer and closer that we get to the pit, the louder the roar of the lion becomes. And so the closer we get to the things that God has in store for us, the reason we have a difficult time grabbing a hold of it is because the enemy gets louder and louder and louder. And we hear things like this. I don't know about you, but you go back to those moments when a spouse or a coach or when you were growing up, a parent told you that you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. You'll, you, you will never, you'll, listen, you have acted so bad that your failures will always define your future. You, you will never be able to do it, and you go, you're like, oh, I can't do this. We hear, we hear things, and we go back to, you know what, I'll never, I'll never get through this financial situation. We were just about to get over the hump, and the car breaks again. What, what, what's going on? Like you, you start to hear the enemy like he sits on your shoulder and begins to just chirp in your ear that that addiction, you'll never get over that addiction. It will hold you captive the rest of your life. I don't even know why you're thinking about jumping in there and conquering and doing everything that's calling you to do because you're going to go right back to it. The closer you get to stepping into everything that God has for you, the louder and louder the roar of the lion becomes. And I got a question for you today. Whose voice will you listen to? Will you listen to the voice of God in your life that says you are a child of God, that you are chosen, that he loves you, that he cares about you? Will you understand and remember that he's a good, good father? Or will you continue to listen to the roar of the enemy? So as we close, this is my third point. If you want to gain ground in the middle of a wilderness season, you got to let go of the lies of the enemy. And you got to remember what God says about you. Ephesians chapter 2 says that you are God's masterpiece. I know you're messed up. I know you got problems and issues and frustrations and you're anxious and you're discontented and you're in debt, you're distressed, but you are still God's masterpiece. As messed up as you are when you look in the mirror and your hair is going this way and your breath would kill a lion. You don't even need your hands. You are still God's masterpiece. In spite of what you did this weekend, you are still God's masterpiece and he thinks so highly of you that Jesus would go to a cross and die for you. This is the beauty of it. 
You're enough because you don't get your value from man. You get your value from God. I know your past is crazy, but it doesn't have to define the rest of your future. So if you find yourself in a wilderness season today, I want to encourage you, don't forget that if you're going to start moving forward, the first thing that you have to do is get your footing and stand strong for what God has given you. Stand strong for the promises of God. It's not just you making that up. God God has given you dreams and he's given you plans. Stand strong for it. And then hold on to your sword. Don't throw away the word of God when culture says this isn't the book to live by anymore. Don't throw away the word of God, but instead embrace the word of God and become so attached to it that it would be easier to try to let it go, but you can't even let it go because it's a part of who you are now. And you gotta let go of the lies of the enemy because the closer you get to the, the plans and the purposes, the louder the roar becomes. Whose voice will you listen to? I want to pray for you today.